Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I was having Vegas flashbacks there. How so? <laughs> so we just like you, the listener, just heard the intro for the podcast. But here in the studio, we, did we didn't have the speaker hooked up. So I didn't hear it. I'm just watching the wave files go. But it reminded me we were in Vegas and we did not have the Bluetooth turned up. And there would just be dead silence during hot. Right. Farmers going, okay, go. <laughs> yeah. So we had speakers and uh, the nub. I don't know what you'd call it. The auxiliary part of the cord is just broken in one of the roadcasters. So we're just toast. We, I'm not smart enough to fix it. We're in shambles. It was a long trip. We had a couple good days. Everyone's a little frazzled. Not enough water in the body yet. It's expected to see some mistakes today, perhaps. We're uh, running on half cylinders today. Yeah. Well, Liam's good. As Liam's I yawn. rested. <laughs> I am well rested. I, I sat from afar as you guys experienced Seattle. And by the looks of it, you guys were sleepless. Oh, hey, thank you, Liam. Hey, a lot of walking involved. How long you're sitting on that one? It just came to mind. Excellent. Uh, we're going to kick off the podcast as we always do with a shout out to our friends at Wendy's. It's the Wendy's Daily Face Off Survivor Pool. I, oh, have I entered yet today? This is my reminder day. I forgot to enter yesterday. Oh, it's Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Yeah, it is I Tuesday. I entered yesterday. Yeah, I got no pecs. Man, now I don't know that I have an opportunity to win a free barbecue bacon cheeseburger. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team building skills. Really? Interesting copy. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab a sweet victory of mouth-watering jaws of... Def- oh, we need to rewrite this. <laughs> Put your prediction skills to the test and score yourself 1,300 bonus points if you win the week. Use your points to grab your favorite menu items only at Wendy's. If you want to play, go to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com, dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. If you can't remember that, just pop over to dailyfaceoff.com. It is right there in the menu bar. Go get yourself some Wendy's. It's delicious. I recommend you all eat Wendy's for all three meals of the day. Thank you. Liam thoughts. Uh, can you repeat that? I didn't catch it. <laughs> I don't think I could. I don't think I could even if I wanted to, uh, we will work on the copy for the ad read. <laughs> Pretend that I had nailed it. Honestly. Yeah. If anyone, if you're listening and someone from Wendy's comes and talks to you, tell them we nailed that one. Yeah, please just go into Wendy's and buy a barbecue bacon cheeseburger and say, Oh, and our sent you. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the person at the till won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Zero we idea. The, we respect the hustle anyway. Liam, what do you got for delicious debate today? Delicious debate today. Oh, was firing Jay Woodcroft the right decision for the Edmonton Oilers? He wants to jump in. Actually, you know what, Liam? I want you to jump in first. We kind of did a uh, an impromptu ONR on Sunday morning. I'd love to hear your thoughts first. My thoughts are. <sighs> kind of split to be honest i i i'm leaning more towards no i don't think jay was woodcroft should have been fired but i think when you put it into the the 12 game span that the oilers had before yesterday then 
yeah, maybe he should have been fired, but I just don't like the way it all went down initially with, you know, you do it after a win and then he supposedly finds out after the game, but everybody else knew before the pocket even been dropped. And it's just like all these layers to it that just leave a really sour taste in, in my mouth, you know, as an Oilers fan, as you want to see that, I feel like this organization has come a long way in the functionality of it. And now functionality. Yeah. Feng shui. Feng shui. Everything is properly placed. Very well. And now it, it almost feels like they've taken a weird step back in some aspects too. So I'm split. So the answer to the question is no, I don't think they made the right decision. I think the other thing too, is like, let's go back to the coach firings recently for the Oilers, right? Like, I mean, McClellan, okay, whatever, but like when they fired Dave Tippett and brought in Jay Woodcroft, it had been months of speculation. Yeah. It wasn't just a little bad start. It wasn't November, right? It was February. Mm-hmm. And we all wanted Woody. We were sitting there going, Jay Woodcroft's on the farm. Bring him up. He'll play the kids, all this. And we got our wish more or less as a fan base, like to a T. So it was very easy to get up for it. Yeah. This one, we liked Jay Woodcroft as a whole, as a fan base. Did he have annoying tendencies? Like, yeah, every coach does. We'll find some with Knobloch in a month or two. Trust me. But like Woodcroft was a likable character. And seeing him go when, again, we're smart, the fan base knows what they're talking about. You can tell this wasn't all on Woody. Mm. Seeing him pay the price for it and him being a good dude, it's hard to, like, get up for this coaching ginger. Like, yeah, this is what they needed because it's just kind of like, ah, damn, it's just it's a result of shit going terribly wrong, not a result of Woodcroft's incompetence. So I spent a lot of time on the weekend kind of just diving into the comment sections on the Oilers Instagram, on Oilers Nation's Facebook page, and kind of around. I knew how I felt about it. We talked about it on Sunday morning. I think it was the wrong move. There were so many things going wrong with this team that were outside of Jay Woodcroft's control. He didn't tell Jack Campbell to stop 82% of the pucks that came his way. Like, that didn't happen. But when I was digging into the comment section, I don't remember a coach being fired around here, and God knows there's been a lot of them where everybody was so much on one side. Yeah. You know, like it's like Tyler said, when Dave Tippett got fired, everybody was like, get him out of here, bring up Woody. And even before it's like, Oh, Ken Hitchcock. I don't know if he's the guy. And then he got replaced. And then Tom McClellan was having a rough go. When did Tom McClellan get fired? Do you remember 2019? But like what month, like how early into the season? I feel like it was early. Um, well, no, because Hitch took over. I want to say it was like January. But anyway, I think it was like, I think it was, I don't think it was the right decision because I don't feel like Jay Woodcroft was the problem for a lot of the things going wrong. Now the others won four, one last night, Chris Knobloch first NHL victory as a head coach. You like some stuff you saw, but ultimately a little bit of a dead cap bounce in terms of like new coach coming in. It's not like he changed anything. Go ahead. Liam. November 20th, 2018. Wow, it was early. In the so it was re- relatively early. A week yeah. later than what Woody got. He made up his mind after a Sunday loss to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Actually, it says that. Las Vegas Knights. I remember that. Nice Rick, what do you CBC. think? Fire Woody. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong decision. Um, like Connor said, our season at that point, before the Seattle game and maybe a bit before that, it was a death by a thousand cuts. There was not one area, and I've said this more than once, there was not an area that, that I thought was more responsible for the issues than anybody else. It goes from the top to the bottom. The GM could have done better. The coaching could have done better. The offense, the defense, the goaltending, the neutral zone play. Special teams, PK wasn't doing it. Power play really wasn't pulling us along, keeping us out of the out of the mud. 
Um, so I don't know if right or wrong is the way to say it. But I guess they felt like they had to do something. After the Seattle game, I kind of thought that this might kind of go away a bit. Um, I felt like I saw something different out of the team in the last couple of games where um, they were a little bit better defensively against Seattle. I know there's like no shots in the third, but we weren't giving up a lot of grade A chances and nothing was going in the net. So it's kind of a time where we've seen this team go on long runs of ineptitude before where, you know, one thirteen and one or whatever the hell all those records have been. And the games, when we start to get out of them, you start to see games like Seattle where they kind of buckle down. The offense really isn't there, but they're really concentrating on taking care of their own end, um, winning the, their one-on-one battles and that kind of stuff. And I think I saw that again last night and then the offense eventually took over. So after that, I was very surprised when I got that uh, text from Tyler saying, Hey, let's do a, uh, an emergency pod. Cause I don't know what I was playing on, but for the last six minutes, I was not on Twitter. Cause I, he said that and I was like, wait, what? And I went back and yeah, the tweet was literally six minutes before that. So I was, I was quite shocked. Um, but yeah, coaching was definitely part of it. Like I said, and if the organization thought that they had to do something in order to get the team going, the GM move was not going to be the one. Yeah. And I think, and I know that people are out there and they want to see blood because they, they, they want to see Holland gone. I think that is like a personal thing for them. But to me, Holland is done. This was not a Holland move. This was a Jeff Jackson move. I think we saw it in the, in the, uh, in the presser later on. We'll get to that. Yeah. I think we saw it later on. So I think Holland is done. They're letting him, they're giving him the golden handshake. They're letting him walk out and finishes, finishes time here. And they won't, they won't fire him. It doesn't change anything for the team, but he's not in control of anything anymore. So I don't think he's even the one. Well, he probably was the one who told Woody, but one second, I just want to say like last night I'm watching the game against the Islanders and we got a classic Leon game, huge goal. Four points, Connor goal and an assist. And all I could think about as I was watching it happen, I was like, man, if you guys just had one of those each in the last week or Woody's still here. On top of that too, you got multiple saves from Stuart Skinner. Like everything the Oilers needed from the first, in the first 12 games happened last night. But we saw some of that in Seattle too. Yes. So that's back to our games now that he's occurring, I guess. So here's where I, here's where I kind of come out on it after having a couple days to look at this from <laughs> different angles. Let some of the alcohol get out of your system. Yeah. Let some of the booze get out of my system from the nation. Put on a shirt for this one. That's awfully nice the of you. The win against Seattle, took the, <laughs> like you said, Rick, it took the pressure off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If they didn't want to fire Jay Woodcroft, they didn't have to at that point. You could have sat there and said, okay, we're going to wait until the next time we lose two games in a row. See what happens as we go. And if we don't lose two games in a row, we're back, baby, and we're 500 or better, and Woody's good, and we just avoided this whole thing. Yep. The Seattle game gave you a chance to do that. What this tells me it was done is before. that Jeff Jackson wanted his guy. Or it was the oh, yeah. move was done before, like you were saying. Paul Coffey said in the press conference that he knew he had the job at 6.30 that night. The puck didn't drop till 8. He was fired. <laughs> Jay Woodcroft was fired and he didn't even know it. No, I'm going to say this one. I think in a lot of companies in these situations, that type, that type of stuff well, probably happens. So I'm not going to say it. <laughs> like, yeah, but I don't think I want to talk about the, I don't know if he said it with any yeah. malice or anything like that. Or no, if he no, just no, said no. it because words popped in his head and he I was kind of bluntly honest. He was just, yeah, he said and everything. He was bluntly yeah. honest to the point of maybe like, bro, you should have dialed that in a little bit, yeah. but I want to talk about the press conference specifically. So I don't know. I just don't know that I've seen a coach getting fired 
be so universally panned by the, f- by the fan base before. Well, cause this wasn't about the, like the coaching wasn't the grade a issue there. And again, I don't think there was one that was heavier than the rest. And, but it was the easiest one. And I got the biggest change out of the team, I think is, is the prevailing opinion yeah. going into something like that. I, I wonder too, if the reason why everyone's a bit upset with it is obviously Edmondson's a very smart hockey fan base. Yeah. Like they, everyone knows the game very well. You go to the games and the guy sitting next to you is commentating the game and telling you what every player should be doing. It's, it's fantastic stuff. <laughs> you sat but next I, to me. <laughs> I wonder if that's why people just think this is the wrong decision too. Cause we all loved Woodcroft in the sense of like, I don't think I've had a coach when the others have been here. Maybe it's just cause I'm older now, I guess where, where the others are where I like actually go out of my way to watch and hear what the head coach has to say. I feel like when Woodcroft did interviews, I wanted to hear what he had to say. Never felt that way about Tippett. He was a progressive coach. And I think that was something different for everybody. That's what they liked. I think he was very good with his words. Mm -hmm. He was very smart in the things that he would say. And I choice was always good. I always appreciated what he, what he had to come out and say. And I think that's maybe why a lot of people think this is the wrong decision. Because when you look at the 12 game span, like you said, like nobody was playing well, nobody was being held accountable. And it was just like, like you said, like everything was going wrong. And the players can say like, he didn't lose a room. And I believe them obviously a hundred percent. But like at some point, somebody has to pay the price. And yeah, it's I, always the coach. Adam Ernie had to do it. <laughs> Jack Campbell did it. And then it's Woodcroft. Can't believe sending Adam Ernie down didn't fix it. I know. I really thought that was going to do stuff. it. I thought that would be the well, trigger. Wake everyone up. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> goodbye, Woody. Bye, Woody. I feel like that part of Toy Story when Woody yeah. gets dropped in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this, this definitely wasn't a loss of the room. This no. was not strictly on the coaching staff. This was just the easiest move to get a change in the team. Watching the boys yesterday, you could tell them in their pregame interviews, they looked rattled. They were, I think they were, they're very angry right now. And were any of you guys, at the, did you go to the game yesterday? I did not. And you went there either. Right? No, I wasn't there. I wasn't so Leon Dreisler got first start of the game. Did you know, Tony always does his post game stuff with him. Yep. Usually those players put a smile on their face and say something positive. And Dreisler just seemed to have no interest in being in that space he was in at the moment and just seemed very frustrated that the organization was in this spot. And you would think there would be a bit of a sense of relief from that guy that night. And because he had four points and I know Leon's like an emotional guy and he wears it on his sleeve, good or bad, but maybe it's just coincidence. It was him and maybe another player would reacted differently, but he just did not seem pleased. Well, I, I, I mean, I say it about Leon all the time. If you, if there's any player on the Edmonton Oilers that you're going to get something interesting, good or bad, so you stick a mic in his face, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't mind that at all. Yeah. But there's nothing to be happy about. They're four, nine, and one still. Yep. What's he going to sit there? And I don't, I still don't think, like, I know he got four points, but that's one yeah. of those games where you're just like, I was almost surprised he got four <laughs> points. He didn't yeah. look like himself still. He had seven remarkable minutes. Like, there was that stretch in the first period where he took over and it was like, holy shit. And the rest of the game, he was. He still looks like he's struggling with his confidence right now. But like, I hope yeah. that last night's game, and we're gonna. He's gonna to, he's gonna sleep on it for a bit, and then try and like. I honestly think these guys need to sit down and talk with somebody to try and get the the trash out of their head from the last month because I think it's eating away at themselves. Sports psychologist. No idea. Yeah, they have to. Like, I, it may not be labeled in the in the book, and people will lose their mind about it, saying there's not one there. But yes, they definitely have options and out there to people to go talk to for sure. 
I'd be, okay. I'd be blown away if not. Next thing I want to talk to talk about before we get to Chris Knobloch being hired, because I want to dedicate some time to that, is the Holland Jackson presser. <laughs> that we were at the football game in Seattle, and I'm reading all the quotes from the presser, and I'm like, I remember thinking in my seat, I'm like, am I reading these incorrectly? Because it seems like Holland and Jackson are directly contradicting each other on the sequence of events. Was Holland being more honest than he should have been? Was Jackson not being as honest as he should have been? How did they not get their story straight? What did you guys think of the, the presser? So I think by what we saw, it looked really bad, but didn't someone come out and clarify something yesterday? Jackson. Like, Jackson yeah. So I think Ken Holland has obviously talked to the, to the group to the leadership group, if you will. I don't think anything was ever said about replacing your coach or something like that. Maybe asked, Hey guys, what do you think about your coaching? Like um, maybe that was a, a type of a thing. So and I think that's probably what Holland was referring to, but I honestly think at this point you need to get the microphone away from Ken Holland. Yes. Like, I don't think he's in charge now. I don't think he's making moves. He's just a figurehead right now. And there's, like I said, it's a handshake for a hall of famer guy. Walk out the rest of your career. You're not really doing anything else. You can still like sit at the table and stuff, but I don't read too much into it because I just don't really think too much of what he has to say right now. Liam, I want to get your whole thoughts on it. So there's a press conference plus the hall and take. So I just wanted to let you go right now. So the press conference was a mess to say the least. And I think for me that I agree with what you said, like I think they were just talking about two different things in like Holland. I don't, it's not talking to the players. Like you said, like, Oh, she'll be fired. What he's probably like, Hey, like, how a thing. What do you guys like, think's wrong? What's going on here? Like all that kind of stuff. And I think what Jackson was referring to was directly like, no, we did not talk to the players about changing Which a makes coach. Total sense. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. But in that situation, Jackson should back up Holland in the sense of like, yep, Kenny does. Who spoke stuff. first? Or just Kenny. say that in the moment. Ken did. Way, yeah. Do you think like at any way, like the way Ken Holland phrased it? And again, he fumble fucks his words in these pressers yeah. quite often. Like kind of threw Connor and Leon under the bus a little bit inadvertently, I, admittedly, I, but optically, I think so. I think a little bit, maybe, but also he always says that stuff. He always said he, he's talking to the leadership group when he makes decisions and again, I don't think he talks to him directly being like, we're going to fire Woody on Saturday night. Totally mm-hmm. I think he just says like, Hey, like, what are you thinking? All that. And I think, I think to me, it just showed despite knowing that they were talking about two different things, just like they're not in sync. These guys clearly are not working together in anything. They can say whatever they want. I think it's very obvious that Ken Holland essentially has nothing to do with this team anymore. If you Ken Holland would have never hired Paul Coffey as an assistant coach. He would, that would never be his decision. If you go back and look, like he's got rid of the old boys that have been stuck around here forever. Like Kevin Lowe is probably the one who's in like the community role. Right? Like he Kevin Lowe's thing. earned yeah, everything I, he's wanted to. He's gone to the Rangers. Oh, he's got eight, eight yeah, assistant yeah. GM, assistant coach, coach. Uh, yeah. So, but, Ken Holland isn't out here hiring these guys. He doesn't fire coaches mid-season. He's patient with everything. And the fact Woodcroft is gone after 12 games and Paul Coffey is now an assistant coach, the new coach didn't even know who his assistants were. He had to ask Holland in the moment who his coaches were going to be. And to me, it just shows that like there's nothing going on with those guys that is like a positive thing right now in the sense of Holland and Jackson. It just seems seems very negative. And I also think they should just fire Holland. 
Just fire him. And I get it. No, you can say what you want, but at the end of the day, what are you waiting for? You, he is not in a position as a general manager right now. You're so, keeping him around to make phone calls. As and as if as the new general manager can't come in and also just make phone calls, then why even have one? Because the talent pool you're going to hire factor. from isn't as good right now as it will be in the summer. Wait till the summer when people are Then available. hire an intern within, within the organization. So right now, essentially, the Oilers have said there is nobody in our organization that can take over and do a general manager Keep job. Rescue. For like, like six months. No. Like you probably <laughs> I, could hire Gretzky okay, for six months. If we're talking about Ken Holland's strengths and weaknesses, like, I mean, last year, did you not like what he did around the deadline? I, hey, I'm not going to I think he's done, I think he's done good say, things up to now. Me too. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Ken Holland has done a bad job because that would be wrong of me. But there's clearly areas throughout this team that have not been addressed for multiple years. One of my favorite quotes, and I'm paraphrasing so I don't have the exact quote in front of me, was when Holland goes, Woody had a hard time keeping <laughs> players accountable because there wasn't enough players to do it. I was like, yeah, but that's kind of your fault, yeah, man. It's you. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, they're really... He put together his nucleus last year, right? He's got a bunch of guys under three-year contracts or whatever, three-plus years, and that was going in. So it's either we roll with Yamo this year yeah. or we move on from a, and we move on to somebody else. And they moved on to somebody else, and, they, and, he, and he made his bet. He made his bet. He's got to lay in it. And it's not worked out for the first, how you know, eight games or whatever he's played. I mean, I'm not ready to tell you that Connor Brown's been a failure. Yeah, me neither. Right. So who knows by, you know, April, maybe Connor Brown is a big thing. And maybe Ken Holland at the end of the day did put together a roster that can win the Stanley Cup. But the, at the beginning, like I just, I honestly think that he's done enough for the, for the, for the team that you can shadow GM the rest of the year, because I don't think there's a thing. There's very much any GM in this world can do with this or their team right now with their cap situation, with absolutely everything. I don't see how there's a lot of moves that can be made and by I, anybody, any GM. I and think that, sorry, Tyler, I think Tyler nailed it in the sense that bringing in an interim GM for six months optically is probably poor. So just leaving Holland there. You have an interim, you have an interim anyways right now. He's just behind the shadows. An interim GM is not going to be able to do anything without Jeff Jackson's approval. Ken Holland's not going to be able to do anything with Jeff Mm -hmm. Jackson's approval. And I know now this is a little bit talking out of two sides of my mouth and it's also a little tongue in cheek, but like I also kind of want Ken Holland with zero eyes on the future running this thing. Cause I want some shit to go down at the deadline. <laughs> I want first round picks and Xavier Borgo going out the door and Travis Konechny coming in. Like yeah. I want some Is there, big splashes. Did you guys read Specs latest by any chance where he threw Brad Holland under the bus for signing Jack Campbell? Ah. He, Jack. Yeah, apparently he is the guy in Toronto. Like that's why Brad Holland is based apparently and watches these guys and everything. I interesting. I, I mean like the Jack Campbell thing too, obviously is not worked. But at the time, it's not that bad, man. Goaltenders were falling just off the list, left, right, and center. Nobody wanted to be here. Jack Campbell said he wanted to be here, and the others signed him. And at the time, there was obviously question marks, but it was all like, yeah, this is probably good, better than nothing. But the question mark really was not so much the dollar amount as the contract length. Yeah. No, nobody expected him to fall off the way he has. No, I don't think anybody can sit there and go. You brought in a 700 goaltender or whatever, because I don't think that's what he brought in. And I think everybody out there who's actually sitting here judging it down the middle and not just, you know, anti hall and stuff is surprised. I'm sorry, but Jack Campbell has, has let down everybody seeing how an NHL goalie can just fall off the face of the earth that fast is stunning. It like, seems how the whole team has fallen yeah. on, did for a bit, but now that goalie is still falling. I think there's, we knew some things about 
his mental makeup going back to Toronto and maybe there wasn't enough homework done there. I'm okay. But you wouldn't be, would you expect to see what you're seeing right now? No, no, no like you would, you, I don't know. So sure. We expect to see much of a regression. If he just kept kind of kept going at what he was for me, like I know there's probably some hindsight in there too, but I expected Jack Campbell to kind of be around his career average. Yeah. That's all you're asking know that we were going to go through the periods where he got hard on himself. We all knew about that, but I never expected him to be getting lit up in the eight. Challenge 13 games into year two. Nobody did. And yeah. I think because of that, I'm not going to sit there and put Holland in extra big crosshairs because of it. Cause I just don't think anybody out there yeah. saw this coming but and everybody's surprised results driven hundred percent. So it is his decisions. Pro- yeah, it is his problem. He has to deal with it and he ultimately has lost his control over the team. He's lost, you know, the biggest part of his job. I think they're going to allow him to keep to finish. But that's a respect factor for what he's done to, to get here. I think everything, not everything, but I think for the majority, what he's done before this has been successful. He, he not has, as successful as we want, but I think we've been going forward. Want, it depends how much you want to nitpick. And I, again, that's all hindsight. Yeah. And I'm not trying like no too Darnell much, but on the whole. That's six million bucks. You know, like there's all that shit. But at the time, like that's what they paid. So the, this, there's other know. layers to it too, that sure. people don't always consider is like the money hasn't, the cap hasn't moved. Was it moved like 3 million since he got here or yeah, something, something crazy? Like, like two or and Lawson and Clefbaum just left mm-hmm. like this big deal. Yeah. yeah. Cap stopped going up and it stopped going up right after he signed Zach Cassian to a big ticket and like all of that stuff. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, every competitive team is dealing with the flat cap. Granted, they've all had to make sacrifices, and they're yeah. but they're all in different situations, they're different levels of where they are. If you're a little behind us, then you're, it wasn't so bad. You look at a team like Ottawa, you were more dumping off at the time, so it worked a little bit better for you. We were in a time at we were at a point where we needed to drop money to bring in the secondary, the secondary scoring, the secondary depth. And then all of a sudden that kind of went away and we were scrambling yeah. to try and figure out how to do this because we have already paid our big guys and they needed some help, but we need some help here and some help down there. And what's done is done. Yeah. And now we move forward for our friends at Greta. They are our hospitality partner across the nation for the year. Go play some Mario Kart. Go have a drink, go have something to eat before the game, pop on into Greta. We will be having more events there as the year goes on. They are home for the season. So let's talk about moving forward. Chris Knobloch comes in as the new coach, Coach Garlic. Garlic. Everything's better with garlic. I, mm, I like, I fully admit I am not one of those people that is as dialed in around the league as some people are. Like, I would never compare what I know about hockey to what Tyler knows about hockey because you, you just watch more than I do. Mm. So when I saw Chris Knobloch's name from Frank as the replacement, I was honestly really surprised that they didn't go with the guy who has been around the block. One of the retreads, I guess. And I think this again, just speaks to who's making the hire. We've now all seen the quotes about Jeff Jackson talking about Chris Knobloch in the past, very high on him. They have a relationship. Did Holland not uh, interview him too before? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Grand Rapids. And he's interviewed, I think, for an Oilers job, too. Yeah, 2019 before yeah. Tippett. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of smoke. I wanted not. So this is not... I just... I'm getting a little sensitive right now because I think too many people are trying to like compare uh, Connor and LeBron. I don't think Connor had a lot of say in this, but I think the narrative is out there and there's a lot of people who like to speak in a certain way who are, you're only going to hear Connor LeBron esque type of speak for quite some time here. And I do not think it's very productive at all for this city. You know what? LeBron's got championships. 
Um, but what mm. about what about bringing in another kind of progressive coach as opposed to doing the retread? We'll do that. We'll do the narrative after. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably the right move. Um, it's definitely a little worrisome because we are one and one with that right now, because I think that uh, the first time we tried this progressive coach thing, it did not work and it did not work very, very well. And it ended up in flames with, uh, with Dallas Akins. Well, if Chris Knobloch starts taking away the donuts from the media, we're going to have a real problem around here. Yeah. And then with the Woody thing, I know he's a progressive coach, but we were nurturing him as a, for the head coach spot for a very long time, very long time. So that to me was more about bringing somebody up through your, without through your uh, organization and not necessarily just going after the progressive thinker. But now we have, now we're, we, we've taken a step, but I don't see him being that much different than Woodcroft. I think this is all on the players and it's up to them to, Yep. Well, this season will go where the players take them, regardless of the coach is Woody, Garlic, or any of the four of us. What do you think about the choice, Tyler? So we talked to Bruce Kerlock today, and as you know, BM, he's amazing at breaking down systems and yep. seeing the game through that lens. And he kind of said the neutral zone is going to go back to what it was last year, and the D zone is going to mm-hmm. kind of go to what it was last year. And maybe there's a difference in the fact he likes to attack east-west more. So you'll see maybe some more high-risk cross-ice passes oh, from the Oilers breaking in and things like that. Um, and, I mean, it, it could work, though, because that usually allows you to unlock your speed off the rush more, right? When you're making that far cross-ice pass, letting a guy skate into it and getting the other team kind of stuttering a bit. A I hope hair. he changes the breakout. Yeah, the breakout stinks. Well, you don't like three guys standing at the far blue line? Uh, the one long, Drive long 60-yard pass? There is no support from any of the forwards on the defenseman. It leaves them hanging. Anyway, yeah. go, go ahead. But I do think largely it's going to be pretty similar here. I think we might see less of a blender, at least to start. It feels like they kind of have Interesting. Happens. He didn't really blend anything last night. Didn't Until blend. Holloway got hurt. Until Holloway got hurt. Yeah. Kind of have to no now. Um, so I, I like that. I like that he's maybe going back to the more classic neutral zone thing. I like that he's maybe going to unlock some speed for the Oilers off the rush because there's no reason why they shouldn't be one of the best rush teams in the entire NHL with their speed and skills. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot to like, but ultimately kind of similar to uh, last night's game against the Islanders. Like the way this team's going to turn it around is when they start getting saves, start getting better puck luck with their shots in the Ozone and their power play gets better. That lateral thing scares the hell out of me because if you've watched anything this year, Leon is definitely not passing like Leon, forehand or backhand. Connor can't really get a pass to Connor last night. That was dope. That was so like I said, maybe we are back and the kind of things are gone. But if before Seattle, we couldn't make a pass over one dude's dude, stick. There was, a, I'm sure when I say it, one of you guys will remember it. There was a play in the first period last game against the Islanders where Nurse had a clear lane to dry settle in the neutral zone. He was right by the red line and Nurse just fired it a foot behind him. And it's like, oh my God, this team is so still squeezing the stick. Like, I didn't think they played that good against the Islanders last night. I thought they were just fine and their power playing goaltending bailed them out which is good they needed that but they, they played well in their own they were played more yeah. they played more worried about their own end than anything else and finally the power play took over Although, even when we got that first power play, it's like we need to score here i'd be i i laughed out loud in my <coughs> house last night when the second shot of the game went in only 40 seconds in kate but did you feel any difference seeing that one as compared to one say four games ago no because i just, didn't no, now, no, I don't know if that was because no. I was more confident or if it was apathy, but I did not feel it. I did <laughs> not reason, feel like, oh my God. The reason I laughed out loud is that Jay Woodcroft just got fired for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and all like, it was hilarious seeing the fire, the new guy, like there's Woody didn't even play goalie. Like there was a bunch of that. So that was making me laugh. If there's one thing a Weathers fans do best, the gallows humor that comes out when things are going <laughs> poorly is fantastic. Yeah. So I can't handle it. We're just going to, we'll wait and see. 
That's where I'm at. We'll wait and see. But like, what about the, I actually, you know what? I feel bad for Chris Knobloch because he's coming into a situation where there is a fuck ton of pressure. The fan base was very much behind the last guy. They're very much salty with management and he's walking into a situation where he kind of, I feel for the guy because. Yeah. Cause they think Connor put him there. He had, Connor has nothing to do with this. Yeah. I just, I feel for the guy because he's in a real tough spot at the same time. He's living out his dream of coach head coaching in the NHL. Yeah. So it's like, I think Zach Hyman said it best last night. He goes, we're sad about Dave Manson and Jay Woodcroft, but we're also happy to see a guy get his first NHL win behind a bench. And that was a really cool moment for him. So it was like a very bittersweet. That was a great answer by a good human being. Very candid as well. Cause yeah, this team should not have to worry have to worry about their coaching right now. Cause it wasn't bad before. I think it's pretty much equal now and it's not going to really change. The whole game is based on the guys with the skates on right now. And it has been all year and that's where the mistakes have been made the most. And it's up to them to do it. Well, I don't know. I don't remember which of the media guys asked, but Zach Hyman, they go to paraphrase like, Oh, what do you think of Chris Knobloch? Like what he goes, I, I just met him today. So, you I think, know, it's going to take yeah. a minute. They asked Derek Ryan that too. What did he say? Basically the same. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I basically met him. Well, they're both. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, both Golden Bear guys. Shout out, Bob. Shout out, uh, Dustin Schwartz, too, for also being a Golden Bear and Chris Knobloch's also, goalie. Also, I know Gregor <laughs> put out a tweet today addressing this. Stop saying he's married to someone in Kate's family. That is a, I've had so many people DM me and ask that or ask it on the live show. Like, unironically? Like unironically, yeah. people are asking that he is not related to anyone in the Cates family. That is like the furthest thing from the truth. I'm not so sure. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Garlic can get it. By the way, if you don't know why we're calling him coach garlic, Knobloch is garlic in German. Yeah. Jay Down came up with this. Said they'd prefer us doing garlic over calling ourselves knob gobblers. Yeah. Like well, I could call, I'd like to try and call him knobby last night, but you know, what was the thing? Corporate you gets the, Polish the, the knob. coach in. What? Do the do the thing, the coaching lineup that you Oh said. yeah, well we made that joke on the bonus episode too <laughs> that we? we went from Hitchcock, Woodcroft, <laughs> Tiff, Hit, and now Knob Lock. A lot of penis jokes. <laughs> we know what we like. It up. We know what we like. You know what we like is a foundation. Standing at full attention. Uh, masks up, boys. Okay, are we done with the coaching takes? Because there's hey, some- one more thing I want to talk about. The other coach that got hired, the guy who didn't really feel like he wanted to be a coach until 6.30 p.m. on Saturday night. Oh, my goodness. That He's was... a spy, right? He's a spy? <laughs> That's, I mean, I don't want to wear a tinfoil hat, but it kind of feels like he's a spy on the bench. It's, it's weird, and I don't love it, but what I will say to defend Paul Coffey, and he said this in his press conference, and I think it was Rob Brown that said it, too, is like, he loves the Oilers. Loves him. He's going to do whatever he can to help his team. And I know it's super weird that he's there and that he has like no experience or anything. And quite frankly, it makes no sense at all by the fact of like, his name is Paul Coffey. That's about it. But like, he's going to benefit this team in some ways. Someone's going to learn something from him. Hopefully it's just a small thing where he's here till the end of the season. But even he doesn't think he's here past the season. I don't like that the new coach didn't get to pick it or at least one assistant. He's just embraced. He just hasn't, get, uh, he just hasn't picked him yet. No, by the end no, of the year, you never November. know. Like he should be able to pick a coach for the end of the season, which hopefully still ends in a Stanley cup parade. I don't remember who made the joke on Sunday, but like, do you think Glenn Gallatin was just like, I'm free. And he's like, <laughs> Nope, you're not. And he goes, rats. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a off air joke. You're telling on the coaches or something. Like that. Well, like, who knows? Like, <laughs> 
That episode is on. I apologize, everyone who sat through that bonus episode. We I were did. all. Did you listen to it? I did. How well? What were your, what were your thoughts? We remember it. <laughs> what were your thoughts on Jay Downton? Well, he didn't. He didn't talk a lot about the coaching change. He was team chaos. <laughs> yeah, he was captain of chaos. It, it was. I thought, okay, well, his thirty minutes of talking about the coach. Like, I just wanted some content from it, so I was listening when I was driving to Red Deer, and. Yeah, maybe 10 minutes of it was <laughs> and everything else was just whatever else. So, okay, well, I got a little bit of a fix. One of our most viewed straight podcasts on YouTube. No and way. Boy, those people did not get a good look into what this podcast is usually about. We'd be talking about the coach, and then Jay's just like, Yeah, but what are Connor's hard odds? And you're just like, What? What are the Stanley Cup odds? Huh? We're going to Aqua. Okay, Jay. <laughs> That's Trip Jay, though. Yeah. I we'll, love get to, it. we'll get to Trip Jay. Yeah, love it. Um, okay, if we're done the coach thing, there's an article that has been sent to me, and I want to get it off my chest so bad. Go ahead. Oh, here we go. Cardiackane.com has written oh, an article. Yeah. This is just to give us a nice humor break uh, for the day. All right. Has written an article, and they just really wanted to drill in on whether or not there is a fit between the Edmonton Oilers and the Carolina Hurricanes for a trade involving Connor McDavid. Oh, no. Oh, turn off just, the, turn everything off. <laughs> just want to dig in here. Oh, so this is from CardiacCanes.com, yeah. So I said Kane. No, CardiacCanes. Like CardiacCane.com. Cardiac okay. Um, so they want to dig into it. So the first name they start with as a potential uh, fit is uh, Martin Natchez. But then the writer does point out that the Canes likely wouldn't do Natchez for McDavid because as of right now... McDavid is a downgrade on Natchez offensively. So, oh, so they, it's satire. It's this person is serious. Oh my God. Uh, then would Tara Vinen and money be enough? It could again, how much money comes along with him. And then it says uh, that Carolina doesn't want to lose Tara Vinen as a secondary score. And Edmonton wouldn't be that interested. And then would they consider Brett Pesci in future considerations? And the person said, no, because Carolina Probably wouldn't want to downgrade. On this right person now. should lose their website, their Twitter handle. They should lose all their computers. Yeah. Would we trade an expiring contract in Brett Pesci for a guy who just scored 160 points last year? No, no. I'm just going to hope that's not really like the normal mentality of a Canes fan. I feel like they're probably a little bit smarter than that. Oh. The fact that you could actually come up with those thoughts and still figure out how to type it. It's actually pretty impressive to I'm me. I'm surprised they breathe without assistance. Go it's ahead. making the rounds on Twitter. It's if you see it, read it. It's a good chuckle. So what was the one trade they said they would do? Tara Vinen and money? Yeah. Right. How many games of this has this has that team won in the uh in the playoffs? In the, or no, what is it? Zero Eastern Conference wins in the last yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Well, the Oilers stupid. did win last night. It's four one. So I gotta tell you about our friends at DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. That's 25% off, up to $10 value and zero, zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the, na- the code NATION25. NATION25 gets you 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms do apply. So last night, we got a, a 4-1 win. Over the New York Islanders, Connor McDavid, two points. I got to say, when Connor's goal slipped through, I fist pumped so hard. It was like a fucking tiger uppercut from Street Fighter 2. I thought I was going to punch my roof. He needed that one so bad. But I'm asking you boys a different question. Who delivered last night or just in general? What do you got for our friends at DoorDash? Liam, you're up. Stu. 
Stu delivered. 970 save percentage. Despite, yeah, allowing, what was it, the second goal of the game or whatever it was. So he was, uh, he was solid all night. And I think he was able to give his confidence to the team in front of him, saying, like, I can stop pucks again. So that was <laughs> 944 big. 944 and a 970 back-to-back games. Yep. yep. Probably delivered Stu. for our friends at DoorDash. Uh, I'll try to get a little bit different here. I'm going to say Evan Bouchard starting to deliver a little bit. He played really well play. Uh, In the month of November, when he is on the ice, the Oilers are outscoring the opposition by one at five on five. They have controlled more than 60% of the shot attempts with him on the ice at five on five in the month of December in every single game, at least 60%. And in every single game in November, they've outshot the opposition at five on five with Evan Bouchard on the ice. I think a lot of people are now just doing the Darnell nurse confirmation bias. They've decided to hate Evan Bouchard and, not recognize what he's good at and that he is a legitimately talented defenseman. No one wants to hear that anymore. Um, and I think that's too bad because I think he's been playing some good hockey over the last couple weeks. Ricky got for our friends at DoorDash who delivered. Well, last night, I don't think you can look any further than the big. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns, but a deep voice doesn't sell B2B and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. German, so we're going to give it to DeLeon Dreisaitl. I think he's... I hope that game got him, uh, makes him feel a little bit better. I don't have no problems with his with that fine he got. I have no issues with that call. I like the fact he has that side to him. And if you have a player out there with a little bit of nastiness in him, we could put up four points. Dude, those guys are, a di- those. there's five or six in the league that can handle it. I want to talk about the fine after. Um, <laughs> for DoorDash, who delivered for me, it's, I'm going to give it to Connor because it was the first, before last night's game, it was the first time ever in his career that he only had one point in a five-point stretch. You know, he's gripping the stick a little bit. There's been rumors about how healthy is he, all that stuff. But over the last handful of games, I thought he's looking more like Connor McDavid mm-hmm. in these last couple of games than we've kind of seen. To see him score a big goal, the relief, the hug on Leon, like Connor delivered at a moment when we needed him to. It was a big goal at a key time of the game. <laughs> Did you see the people who were trying to lip read what he said? No. And he was like, people were like, we're back. And he's like, no, he said good pass. Yeah. Because the pass was incredible. It was amazing. It was, like, it was no. a dart from way back right onto the stick. Yeah. Oh, this Twitter. I do Funny. want to talk about another thing Leon did with his stick, which is 5K5. It was hilarious to me. It was like he went to cross check him in the back and missed and hit him in the legs and down he went. He hit him in like the back of the knee that makes everyone fall. You remember you use, use your toe to push somebody in the back and they kind of like fall. That's what it was to me. Like it wasn't, you want to find him 
five grand or whatever the hell is. I think Zach figured it out to be $45 to the average Canadian, whatever that means. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's stupid, but whatever. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Why is that stupid? Because I think the fine for f- the that fine equivalency is, yeah, is mi- I, no, I think minimal is like a sky ahead of where this thing is like $45 out of your oh, pocket. No, that's what I mean. It means nothing to you. Yeah. It's beyond it's less than minimal. That's so I mean, the, NH- the yeah. NHLPA has done a fantastic job uh, in terms of negotiating fines and stuff, because you, you look at the end of a guy wears his socks too high and they're like 30 grand. A rookie wears his socks too high and he does not get paid that week because it goes right to the fine. And now Leon loses five grand. That's the thing that always makes me laugh when they do max allowable fine five grand. I'm like, Leon probably already had the check written out before he did it. You know what I mean? Like he didn't even use a check. He just went into his jeans. Yeah. Just pulled out a wad. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, fire this off to the office. Forgot about this. Here you go. Tyler, what do you think of that? Yeah. I don't know. It was dumb of him, like dumb penalty to take in the game. But like, I don't think he was trying to hurt anyone. He was just trying to get a shot in at him. And it's just, he's still frustrated. That's he needs to get over that. He does. But I think a guy like, yeah, that's why I said, I think he needs to talking I, there's so much wrong between the ears of these players right now that nobody likes to give that uh credit for that that's what that's what's going on right now there's a lot of pressure going in and there when you start laying eggs the way they have yeah. it weighs on you and it weighs on it it weighs on you and if this was a person who works at a starbucks who put out something on tiktok said you know how how stressed they are after after uh december because you know you get all the people in there and it's mm-hmm. christmas time and blow and it's a very stressful job people feel bad for them but you take a, a professional athlete with that much pressure doing the same thing and people don't give two shits no more. Yeah, well, because I get that there's, a, there's the fandom, there's the fandom in there. There's the price tag of what they're making, which is astronomical, but they're still human beings at the end of the day. And I think that you can, as a fan, you don't really have to worry about it too much, but as the team, you really need to be ahead of that and, and help them out in that, those areas. I actually have no problem with Leon getting spicy. Zero. I don't care. I love it. Or is that the puck in the offensive zone? Bad penalty. A little bit dumb. Killed it off. No. It's, it was harmless mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, but. ultimately harmless. But I did, overall, that specific play, agreed. Bad penalty. But when he gets spicy and gets a little sassy, I like Don't mind it. Love don't it. Don't mind it at all. Um, other thing that happened last night, got to talk about it. Dylan Holloway had arguably his best game all season on Saturday in, in Seattle. Yep. Uh, just an assist off of the Gordie Howe hat trick. I thought he was, I'm like, all right, fuck yeah. Hollywood's good. Let's go. And then last night left the game in the second period. Do we have any idea what's going on with Dylan Holloway? Gregor said months, plural, plural, plural. According to Gregor's Twitter. That's rough. Sucks, man. Second straight year. He's been derailed by injuries and this one sucks even more. Like when he got hurt last year, it was, at a point he was struggling, right? Like he still wasn't scoring or producing. He wasn't playing all that much with Knobloch coming in. It was like, okay, like this guy played good against the Kraken. He was playing good against the Islanders. It was like, he might start to get 12 to 14 minutes a night here and put something together. And then boom, he goes down and gets hurt. Brutal luck. It is interesting how uh, Knobloch spread out the minutes last night. It was a nice change of pace. Breck Hulak on D played 15-13. Vinny 16-52. Like he spread out the minutes on D a lot more given that they only had six. Yeah. And, and they, had, they had two forward lines, the top two lines each played fully together. All three guys on the ice at once 
for over 13 minutes at five on five. It was 13 and then like 16 for the other line. And like, not one forward had over 20 minutes last night. And that's impressive because they it's not like that. It was Seattle where we are up for nothing in the first. Yep. It was close. It was close. It was close all game to that first power play in the third period, in which case we got a little bit of space. He said in his post game, a big belief of his knob block that is, is stability. And that includes keeping lines together, even when maybe you have the urge to spin the blender around. And that was, and I, I hate to go back to it, but that was definitely probably Woodcroft's biggest downfall is I for his life, right? But no, but we're going back to previous seasons that I know from within the room that, um, some guys did not like how he, handed out ice time. We'll talk about that after. Yeah. <laughs> I liked when the lines were going out too, <laughs> in the sense of like the fourth line was getting shifts in the third period. When was the fourth last time Lavoie was out? Lavoie was out there with four fifty three left or something that I noticed. That's and I was, yeah, I thought that was huge. Players confident. Yeah. 836 last night, uh, James Hamlin, 808. Dylan Holloway was the low man on the roster at 723, but obviously he left in the yeah. second period. I love James Hamlin. I don't know. Oh, I knew. I know exactly what it is. He's never going to quit on a shift. He just, he's kind of like Sam Gagne in some ways of like his effort is so clear and obvious every single night. And I really appreciate that from someone like him. Another thing I want to mention from last night's game, Zach Hyman heater. <laughs> Can we do it? Yeah. Four goals in his it. last two games. Leading the team in scoring right now. Yeah. Well, goal scoring anyway. He's picking this whole team is turning things around a bit. It's one of those things where Hyman's another guy. Like you said, Hamlin never quits on a shift. Hyman's yeah. the exact same. You need those guys. And we need Hyman to start putting the puck in the net. And he's starting to. Score, and he's been doing that lately. I was saying this on before too to Tyler and things change now that Holloway's gone. But like, <laughs> where does Yanmark kind of fit into this picture now? For 13, 13, 12. Yeah. Because I, I think yeah. Lavoie is going to need a little bit of time here. Like if Lavoie played one every four or five, or sorry, took a rest on one every four or five, that's not the end of the world for him. It's good for a young guy can like that. To cut, pardon? Can you afford 13? I guess. It, yeah. Because yeah, we only, had, yeah, we only have six Bro, defensemen. They had Broberg up. Yeah. yeah I, I think at this point, Broberg's definitely going to be taking the hit in terms of NHL playing time. But I like the fact you have a, you have a veteran in Yanmark who can be your 13th, who can slip in, slip out. I don't think it's a big deal if he plays or not. I think the same thing with Derek Ryan's going to be sometimes yeah. where you can't play him and, you know, and hopefully not, but Holloway might fall off of that. If, you know, previous to Seattle, you I'm can like, see that out of him. Hamlin and I think Hamlin in every night. Too. I think yeah. Hamlin goes back to Bakersfield when he yeah, gets the next two. Afford to have either 13 forwards or seven defensemen. You can't do both. You need to have seven defensemen on your But you can, you can send them back and forth. Yeah, I mean, there's no COVID. You can fly the guy up by the next day. Yeah, but like still, like if there was ever a situation where a guy got hurt in warm-ups or like was sick... Hamblin, Lavoie can go down. If you, yeah, you, you may have to, you may have to get creative. I agree with you there. Yeah. I don't, they just can't afford to do the 13 forwards and seven D. And if you're, they're running a minimum roster right now, right? Like, yeah, that's going to be the way it goes all year and you're going to have to juggle it. I'm just saying, if you have the money to do it, which you could here, um, you need to send down a forward and bring Broberg back up. And you know, uh, with that too, Maybe this is a good chance for Broberg to come in as well. Like yeah. BM just said, like the way the minutes were spread out on the back end yesterday, like Broberg's not going to be sat on the bench watching for 55 minutes a night. He's going to play his fair share of minutes if he's in the lineup and they're playing six defensive. Yeah, I, I would, unfortunately, I, I get that we like him and he's putting in good effort. I'd swap Hamblin for Broberg in a heartbeat. Well, no, I, I think that's, I wouldn't do it in a heartbeat. 
You think about it, but you're gonna be. Well, but Hamlin's gonna be playing. Are you gonna, exactly? Are you Hamlin are you playing play. Broberg? Are you like? I, I no, are you are you sure. playing? Are you going seven defense and on the ice? Or are you are you popcorning him? How know. often I, does that happen? I, I, I rotate him and uh, Deharnay. See, and I think Vin right now is is playing fine. Definitely advanced past Broberg, and and that's another thing too. We don't even know if Coach Garlic wants to play eleven and seven. That was a Woodcroft thing. That was a very much a Woody thing. So we don't know. We're under the assumption, I guess, maybe it could happen. But what are they doing in Hartford? I just want. I just don't think that needs to be as much of a thing as like, what if someone gets sick? It's like, when does that happen? Like you have an idea of how healthy your team would be. And then maybe you can play it from there. But I don't think you would know like minutes before a game. No, I think, yeah. Like last night, coach garlic, wasn't really going to do a whole lot outside no. of setting the line combos. Right. And kind mm-hmm. of controlling who played and when first couple, first couple games, first, not yeah, going to change take anything a minute for us to kind of learn as a fan base, like his tendencies. Like I remember when Woodcroft came up and started doing 11, seven, we were like, really 11, seven, you can like, do that. Okay. <laughs> I was so mad at myself for not knowing out, that. You no. Know, and then it didn't. So it's yeah. going to take a minute to see what Knobloch does. Go, and good time for a road trip to be coming up too. I know they play Seattle tomorrow. Oh, bonding but then, on the road? Go, what is it? Five? five hang out in, hang out in Florida? A little not bonding? Bad, not a bad place to go. A little bonding on the road? I don't mind that. Um, we got to get to some Seattle recap, and then we're going to bring Waz in for his signature game. Oh, sorry. Don't call it a gig. Not a game. Not a game, not a bit. It's a segment. Segment. Waz is a segment. <laughs> Can you clear that up for me? First, we got to talk about our Seattle vac- uh, Nation vacation. There's only one thing better than sharing memories, and that's making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross Travel Insurance protects your memories and more. Wherever travel takes you, visit ab.bluecross.ca forward slash travel for more information. Let's talk about the Seattle trip. So, got to Seattle late. We had real plane late del- plane delays in Vancouver beyond our control. It's and Edmonton. What, is what it is. The group took it in stride. Everybody knows it's just like, what are you going to do? We get to Seattle real late, but the next morning vibe started out great. Yeah, they did. Um, we did a little bonus. I went every day. Then we went down to Pike place and cruised around the market. It was all of your guys. First time in Seattle. So you got to see the fish throwing. That was fun. <laughs> cool. Uh, you guys got to see the bubblegum wall, which is just a horrific. Dis- why is that disgusting? Yeah, why is that a gross. thing? I was honestly nauseated by the whole thing, dude. We saw someone lick it. Yeah, oh. just, like just have gross. We, man. we not learn anything about germs these past few years. <laughs> I think I was saying before. I think with the, if it's outside for that long, it's probably relatively safe by the rain and the. But I mean, if someone comes by and licks it, yeah. then seven minutes later you're like, "Ooh, I want." He li-. ended up being in the same spot. Then what? I was just grossed out by the whole thing. Yeah, it was, especially the long stringy ones. Yeah, was, people were like, oh, bag milk, you want me to take your picture for like my file or whatever? I'm like, no, fuck no, no I hate this thing. <laughs> I'm grossed out right now. Why is this a thing that we did? Anyway, Pike Place uh, was cool, though. It's a really neat little market. And it was, it was also sweet to see that many Oilers jerseys around while you're seeing Lots of Oilers fans. Man, we travel well. Yeah, we go into bars, Oilers fans. Walking down the street, Oilers fans. So then we get that out of the way, grab something to eat. We head down to um, St. Queen Anne's. Saint Queen Anne's Beer House. Queen Beer Anne's Hall. Beer, Beer Hall. Like that place was pandemonium in there because they had a host on the mic. So we opened the door. There was five or six of us. Yep. We all walked in in our Oilers jerseys because that's where we were settling in before the game. 
First thing this guy does is he jumps on the mic and he goes, how many Kraken fans do we have in the house? Place goes, he goes, what do we think of Oilers fans? And the whole room booed us. Kennedy got the video and it's We're barely five steps in. This dude was on the mic. He was ready to roll. It's like he saw us on the street and was like, I'm getting them. He was dialed in. But I got to say, man, the guy created a vibe. Dude, that guy rocked a mic like no one's business. He was great. So we, we got to talk to him a little bit because we were there. We put in a shift. Of that <laughs> we were there like four and a half hours. Holy we Lord. put in a shift at that place. We ended up talking to the guy a handful of times. He was a radio announcer in Seattle, and that's kind of like his side gig is doing this. And you could tell he was a pro because he had full command of the room. He had everybody dialed in. And at this specific bar, they had a fun bit where they would go from table to table and kind of whoever was the loudest, they got presented DOS boot. Which was a cent. What would you say, Rick? Like two liters of beer? Yeah, it was. It was. It was hefty. And the loudest cheering table just got given one of these giant boots of beer. And then the thing was, it had to go around the table. Everybody had to drink from it, and the whole bar chants "Das Boot" at you like a beer fest. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was great. So it was hilarious because that guy asked us where we're from. We told him Edmonton. He's like, oh, I've been to Winnipeg before. I, had a, I went to the keg downtown there. Real nice. Yeah. And we were all like, hi. <laughs> okay. Was, you guys got bars up there? No, no. Igloos. <laughs> too cold. Yeah. Too cold. Alcohol freezes immediately. But it was such a vintage American person moment. That are like, you know, like cliche, I guess I should say. When he's just like, yeah, keg downtown Winnipeg. Good spot. And we're like, okay. <laughs> he was pumping that tight. Like, he felt yeah. like he was telling us something real good. Yeah. Or like he thought maybe we would be like, yeah, you're right. It is a great spot. Like we've, like we've been there. Like yeah. Canada's that little town. Yeah. Love the keg. Always a fine <laughs> steak at the keg. We usually end up there on Fridays. Yeah. I'm take a bus back to Edmonton after. <laughs> but as we got closer to game or closer to puck drop, more and more Oilers fans started spilling in yeah. from our trip and from beyond. We met a guy from New York massive Oilers fan that flew into the heritage game Edmonton for the heritage classic. His favorite football team was the Seahawks. So he's just like, I'm going to Seattle next. And we met him and ended up spending a lot of time with that guy. Yeah, we have out with him a lot on uh, the day of the NFL game too. So yeah, we, well, yeah, we just ran into him on the, uh, the tailgate or whatever. So as the, as the, we were getting closer to puck drop, more and more Oilers fans are coming in and oh, it's the nation. It's the nation. We're all hanging out as a group. So then we got involved in the DOS boot chance. And it was hilarious because at the time what was playing it was a women, the women's, the women's yeah, the game. women's soccer championship. So the women's soccer championship, there was a bunch of people in the bar there to watch that. And they were like, all right, who's here for the women's championship? And the bar goes, ah, and it goes, and who's here for the Oilers? And we went bananas, like standing <laughs> on tables, banging shit. Like that's what we're we supposed were. to. <laughs> and he goes, all right, who's louder? Was it the soccer people? And they were loud. Or the Oilers fan plays goes bananas again. <laughs> and then he goes, all right, the soccer fans, they win the DOS boot. And then they do the DOS boot thing. And it went around two and a half times their table. Yes, it did. Very <laughs> poor showing by the ladies on that one. Um, but then the guy wandered over. He goes, boys, he's like, you guys won handily, but what am I supposed to do? Give it to you over the soccer championship fans? It's like, not going to happen. But then 15, 20 minutes later, overwhelms DOS boot for the Oilers Nation table. And we got after it, specifically Captain Felton, who put back a healthy amount of that DOS boot. I hope the captain's coming to Phoenix. Any word on that? We talked to him about it. We're trying to grease the wheels. Uh, Captain, if you're listening, we can room together again. Uh You're a great roomie because you're there for one night. Yeah, that's fantastic. Didn't leave, <laughs> Did leave a mess. Made his bed. Going to <laughs> after the shenanigans at the bar rover, we made our way to Climate Pledge Arena. That place is beautiful. 
It's yeah, a you know really what? Cool barn. The the best part about that place, I thought, was the concourses. Wide, 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 wide. Right. Tons of space. They're uh, not kiosks really, but you know where you go buy your food and such. It was all. It was strange. We don't see that at home. We really didn't know how to use it. Some guys are lined up in the wrong spot, but everything's really fast. You have that. You just walk in through like. Uh, uh, you just. How do you, what do you call that when you enter the turns, uh, turnstiles? Turn it's yeah. pretty much a turnstile, right? So you just fly your credit card in there, open the turnstile, you walk in, grab whatever you want. And they charge you somehow by cameras and AI or something like that. So it's, everything was super duper quick. I, my favorite moment involving that was when I put my credit card in, walked in, grabbed my beer. And then Jay walked out behind me and he was like, I stole my beer. And I was like, what do you mean you stole your beer? He goes, I just walked in behind you after you swiped your credit card. <laughs> and I said, Oh, Jay, that just means I paid for your beer, man. And he goes, no, no. Sounds better if I say I stole it. Because <laughs> he knew damn well that you were paying for yeah, it. Yeah, he knew damn well I was buying him a beer and uh, I was going to have no choice in the matter. One of the great parts about the way Climate Pledge is set up is in the intermission, you had enough time to go, to, go for a piss, grab a beer, something to eat if you want, yep. and back at your seat before the period started unheard of i was blown away i go we go back to our seat in the first after the first intermission I'm like, yeah, there was time we still got two three minutes up there i'm like oh my god so i'm curious like if they have more bathrooms or urinals or what because the lineup like and i will argue this at roger's place till the end of time at rexall things were the same but if you went into the bathroom you got behind the urinal and there were nine dudes behind each urinal you lined up from the urinal to the sink Right. So you get nine times seven urinals in there. You got 63 people in there in line. So you're 64th in line. You go to Rogers. Now, nobody does that. They stand, they get filled one around every urinal. Yeah. And then you wait at the door. So that's 63 people now go out the door instead of lining up inside. It feels different. It looks different. I don't think there's been that much of a difference. Also, this is just a little. But Seattle was fast. Yeah, it's fast. Someone who goes to a lot of Oilers games in town. No drink there, rails, though. No drink no rails. Drink rails. Um, hmm. There's a section at like 115. The bathroom is always a shit show 107 the line's the same but it goes three times as fast yeah so there's different ways yeah, so uh, rogers is whatever maybe this is spaced out differently yeah. i have no idea the climate pledge was great it was fast it was wide open there's lots of space but i will say this is it was very steep Man. and it was saddle dome-esque i mean the roof was not falling on us thankfully but it was it is weird you could almost felt like you touched the roof you almost like right could there. when we walked to go up our our uh, the stairs to our seats it was steep and you're like, and you felt it right away. And when you're like walking between the person to get to your seats down your row, that felt a little bit like you wanted to hold their shirt just to make sure you yeah, don't just, fall. Just in case you didn't take a tumble. Like yeah. I'm thinking about Coomsey at the saddle. That's exactly dude. Tyler damn near died. Cause when we were about to step up that first step, you almost slipped backwards and it was two rows and you would have went over the top. I don't remember. Paul lanky guy. You definitely would have went over the top. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome over there. <laughs> a lot of legs. <laughs> but yeah, just to wrap it up. I mean, the hockey game, man, what a start. Our section was going bananas. You were a little bit quiet and a little nervous at first, but uh, got yeah, that first nervous. goal and we, we were feeling good. Feeling good, yelling. And then the joke, Tyler just had the funniest joke on the weekend to me. I thought it was so much fun that the Oilers scored the first one. And instead of really cheering loudly, he just kind of gave a thumbs up. <laughs> and I just thought it was so fucking funny. So we just made that our thing for the whole weekend. There's yeah. a few pictures out there where it's just thumbs. Yeah, because my thinking behind it is that like, I'm not going to start getting excited about the Oilers again until they've won five in a row, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to give them credit. 
So they get a thumbs up. That was the, that was the golf clap, if you will. Yeah, sort of. So we just honestly, I had the, I thought it was so funny. So like, if you're seeing pictures of us with thumbs up everywhere, it's because Tyler just, I, it made me laugh. I didn't expect those to be your move standing up and going like this. Ah, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. So after the game ended, Aussies, we found every Oilers fan we could find. And we packed this bar that was just like a block and a half, two blocks from the arena. Oilers fans everywhere. And boy, did we get sweaty. <laughs> you, were, you were shirtless in a bathroom at one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> well, what do you have on? Probably a, a hoodie. So I had a hoodie on, jersey on. I was wearing a toque. Um, you had to get it off. I didn't you had to cool down. Like I hit the D floor and I hit the D floor hard. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. When I got the urge to boogie. I need to boogie. So, you know, you know, things happen and I dehydrated just as quickly as I rehydrated <laughs> and I go into the bathroom. I'm like, but I peel everything off and all the dudes and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, boys, it's hot out there. Then <laughs> <laughs> so just pop the Jersey back on a hoodie around the waist. Away you go. And also you want to talk about germs. Uh, they were just serving booze in syringes. So you'd be uh, on the jello dance. shots. Yeah, but you'd be on the dance floor. Someone would just stick a syringe. In your well, mouth. just for the record, I do believe the syringe, you should be taking them as a one, one time thing. Like that's the yeah. intention. It's like handing out a, a, shoe, a shot glass yeah. and everyone taking like a little scotch sip out of it. It's not intended that way, but that's good. Someone just come up to you. You want some? You're like, yeah, I expect to get it all. Like, no, they'll just be a little bit there and hand it off to the next person. You're like, oh, well, even right. the DOS boot thing, like, yeah, that was pass not, it around the horn. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but we had a late, late, late night. My favorite part. And we didn't talk about this on the Sunday episode and we got completely derailed by the coaching thing. Is we went to go for pizza. Late. Oh, by the way, they free pour in Seattle to it. Like at a mind blowing fact. Do not. It is unnecessary to order a double. Yeah. Don't order a double. I don't know why I kept doing it. Like expecting a different result. I don't do. Do you watch the first one go? And those were like essentially solo cups, but they're the see-through ones. Mm-hmm. And you've, Filled up mostly with ice because that's what you do. This thing was three quarters full when he put down the the spice bottle, the spice rum bottle. Then we went for a little drink afterward at like just mid. Well, we just well, the whole point was to start walking home, and we were walking home, and, and then there was a little pub, and Jay was like, "Well, hey guys, we just stop in here. We're getting a little thirsty." So popped in, popped I in. Go, hey man, can I have a double spice rum? That's my drink. No, so no, 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 at all. Yeah. None. And I go, Hey man, can you give me a splash of Coke in there? And he goes like a little, I'm like, no, no, fill the glass. <laughs> I'm not trying to like fall on my face on the way home. here. Which was funny though, because we all drank at a regular rate and he looked over and bagged milk's glass did not change. Did not change. Did not change. Then it was like, okay, are we ready? We're ready. Okay. We're ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ordered up some Ubers or whatever the hell it was. We walked. I can't remember. And then he looked over and he just killed that thing. Yeah. And then we went I'm no the, quitter. Then we went to no the Domino's Bar Hotel and it's closed, but the staff are still inside. So we went and we banged on the window and we we're like, please, can you please make <laughs> us one pie? And she made the, us dance. The employee said, sure, but you have to dance. And then we danced. And mm. then she made us two pizzas, one of which she made with garlic crust. Yeah, oh, fantastic. She, and she that said that your total's eight dollars. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, Domino's, please do not get mad at her. Yeah. And she gave us 37 dips. Yeah, she gave, it's like she was clean. She needed to clear out the store. <laughs> My favorite though is like Tyler brushed over it though. When he, she goes, I'll open the door, but you guys got to dance without hesitation. Everybody starts boogieing. <laughs> Tyler's twerking at the window. Well, we just walked up the window and she gave like the whole throat slash. Like, sorry guys, we're closed. And someone's um, probably Jay or something. I like was like, Hey, come on, please. 
Okay, fine, dance then. Everyone starts dancing. She cracks the door. Can we get one cheese pizza? Because for some reason, Ty likes cheese pizza at three o'clock in the morning. It's just something nice. But yeah, I gotta really, admit, it was nice. Yeah, and then she, yeah, somehow it happened at two. And then for some reason, everyone's like, "Well, we should probably pick up like 20, 20 more beers right now and <laughs> snacks." We left so much beer and so many snacks in the hotel room when we checked out. Watching you guys try and put that pizza box back into your fridge was perhaps one of the more fun things of the week. And so this, if you're listening to this, picture l- l- yeah, large, large, large pizzas and a, a mini fridge, size mini fridge does not really compute. It widthwise fine, lengthwise not so fine. This thing is jammed in there. They almost got the door closed. Then they're like, "Well, what do we do now?" Tyler's like. Pass me an empty beer can, smashes an empty beer can, tries to create some sort of wedge system to keep it closed. <laughs> Did not really work, but that's okay. It was, uh, it was an issue for the morning. So Why? then it was just like, so then I stand it up vertically, slamming the door. That doesn't work. So Tyler's like, fuck it. We'll fold the box. We'll fold the box. <laughs> we got it in there. But then when we went to have pizza the next morning, just a disaster in the box. Yeah. You could have just taken the pizza out of the box, no? I, I dude, mean, like, where were you? <laughs> where were you with your big brain? I don't know what everyone else, but sometimes I'll order a pizza and there's no room in the fridge. You fire that thing in the oven. It's fine for tomorrow. It's not going to go bad that fast. Yeah. I was like, boys, just leave it on the, on the table. You're, you'll be okay. Just don't leave leftovers. That's fair. Well, we had a lot of pizza though. To be it was more about thinking ahead to morning selves. Jay loved the pizza so much. He decided to taste it twice. North end. South end. North. Real life later in the week, but still. Uh, going Football forward. Game was great. Next morning, I felt like hot death. Emergency podcast. Emergency podcast. I got DMs that I was so haggard on that podcast. Like, I didn't even know that was you speaking. I, I thought the same. I Could actually you- did not recognize you at first. And I thought there was somebody else in there, but I couldn't figure out who it was. And I just kind of pieced it together. I was like, Oh no, that's, that's could you tell that Tyler was naked. I could, because everybody kept talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get that out of the way. Start tailgating. Well, it's not really much of a tailgating. Well, it took a, we needed a couple of drinks first to get going. That for, I got to tell you the, uh, so I'm trying to have a beer outside of Seahawks stadium, whatever it's called. Well, Jay was walking around. Jay had the 12 pack of rain years. We're in Seattle when in Rome. So then we start walking around and, uh, we're looking for this bar from the guy from last night and we're going to go find him and we're walking around the rain years and everyone, I don't know. Can you drink them? Tyler's like, can you drink? I don't know. Can you drink them? Jay's like, I don't care. Starts handing them out. We're walking past the cops. Some people are trying to like hold their can up their sleeve and stuff. Jay's just firing it back. Nobody cared. Jay's just like turns the box to me. He goes beer. I go, I'm not doing it. He goes, I'm not asking. (laughs) Trip Jay was out. It was a couple sips before you got going there. Jay guy was, I fumble fucked it so bad. What he bar he was working at pre football game. Oh my God. We were looking for something <laughs> completely titled what? something else. Oh, I can't remember what was something like, shard. I was like, what the hell am I trying to say? Cause he wrote it. He put it in his notes. Like they're talking to the bar before he's it like, was, come see me tomorrow. at Blah, 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 bar. It was called the brickyard. And we were looking for something, something shard. <laughs> 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 then we'd start looking at something on, we Googled it and we had it down to like brick house or something like that, which was like closed and nowhere near the stadium. So we're like, that can't be it. So then we finally go, like, I bet it's the brickyard right there. And it just, yeah. Not even close. So shout out to me. And then we're like, oh, no Please point going calm. in there. We have some beers on us anyway. So let's just go for a walk. Seahawks game started off super boring. First half painful. Mm-hmm. Second half got spicy. 
Yeah. Real nice. Came down to a, you know, field goal. Walk off field goal. Yeah. You call it yeah. a walk off field yeah. goal in the yeah. NFL? Field goal. I think so. Yeah. It was yeah, great. Yeah. We we're throwing bets down. Man, you want to talk about a hike up to your seats, get up to where we were basically sitting on the moon in there. Ask Jay, because we were about to walk up the stairs. And he took like three steps up. He's like, well, no, I need a picture. So he stops, walks back down those three stairs. I had to get out of the way. And then it was starting to create a line behind us as he's like trying to like crouch down and take a picture <laughs> up the angle of the stairs. Then he like falls over a bit. So he's got to reposition himself. Now the line's getting even bigger behind him. Nobody said a word. They just let the weird guy take a picture of the stairs. And if you had to, if you had to like go to the bathroom or get another beer or whatever hiking down and then back up was a slog. However, the bathroom placement, super duper close and real quick in and out. Yep. Fantastic football game ends. It was exciting. Jay gets it in his mind that we're going to go to a place called Dave's hot chicken. (laughs) And if you've ever left a stadium with like 70,000 people trying to get out at the same time, it doesn't work well. Mm -hmm. So we just decided to walk out of the room. Start walking to get out of the crowd. And then we're going to get in an Uber, go to Dave's Hot Chicken. Well, mm. turns out the crowd went a long ways. A long ways. We decided to get off the grid, which ended up being at a hill that was like a 80 degree vertical. <laughs> we're listening to Jay because he's got the GPS. So he's like, hey, it's, it's this way. It's this way. It's this way. It's always this way. And then it's a left and it's always that way. Everything in this city is uphill. <laughs> One of you madmen decided to <laughs> run up the hill. It was a steep hill, man. I hate walking up those things. So I had like a light little jog. So Rick starts running. Then Jay starts running. <laughs> and I'm, by the way, I'm hammered, admittedly. So I'm like, we running? So I just start running up the hill. Poor girls. Kennedy and Gina behind us are like, oh, these fucking idiots are Smart girls. Thing. They're like, nah. So we get up the hill. I'm gassed. I think I'm going to vomit up. <laughs> so anyway, hill. One hill climbed, one hill conquered. Still nowhere close to Dave's Hot Chicken. We walk another two kilometers. Finally Uphill. get into Ubers. Go to Dave's Hot Chicken, only to find out it wasn't even open yet. Oh, no. It opens it in, December. in December. Jay oh. tried to order it on Uber Eats. First of all, I think we were on the airplane still, and he's like looking at checking it on Uber Eats. He was What's adamant at ordering it. It's Don't, just like oof. a really nice hot chicken. hot chicken place. Like We had it in LA, and it was fantastic. So I understand why you want to go back, but the we went to Great Lakes to find a place that was not open. Nice. Great job by the team, though, on the uh, on our secondary option. Yeah, went to a Thai place, murdered it. The Fantastic. Funny part about that was go for dinner. We have about how long until the Aqua concert? Hour and well, we went back and we're like, okay, forty five minutes. Vibes are low. A lot we of flat lot tires of us, on those cars. Like, I'm not going to say names, but there was a lot of us, a handful of us that were just like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the concert, man. Football's on. Just had a nap. I wake up. I'm hungover. Now I got to go to Aqua. Jay, to his credit, rallied the troops in the cab. To, or in the Uber on the way to the hotel, Jay's like, I don't know. Even with me, it's in the air right now. We'll take a 45, lay down, see what we feel. I know personally, I was in my room. I was just waiting for Jay to go, ah, oh, guys, I'm not really feeling it. And I was going to give a ditto, turn the phone upside down, and just ride the bed for 12 hours before the flight. <laughs> We rallied yeah, as we do. We got to Aqua. We go get a drink and damn it. Did I order another, another double spice rum came up as a quad and I nursed that. But you know, once the old lubrication started hitting then I'm starting in the mood and then all of a sudden Aqua hits the stage and we, Liam, you know how we do. We get right to the front. BM needs to get you to the front needs oh, to get there quick. You and Jay perked right up at that show. Did the people at the front have shoes on? 
They did have shoes on, though they were not fans of us, <laughs> admittedly. Uh, I don't think they appreciated tall boys in the front dancing like lunatics. I went up at one point to go give you guys stuff, and someone like grabbed me and was like, no. And just didn't let me go to the front. I was like, okie dokie. And I was trying to weasel my way forward. I was getting boxed out, like literal elbows really? out. They were uniting against me. <laughs> I was trying to get to the front for Candyman, and I could not get there. Anyway, we had a great time. Hell of a time. The point here is that we're doing another nation vacation in February. I oh, beg I you to wait. come with us. I'm coming. Liam's going to be there. Tyler's going to be there. Rick's going to be there. I will be there. When I got the email. Travel J will be there. We were going and they needed to know what staff were coming. I replied so quickly. I didn't even say like, you got this email one minute ago. I was instant <laughs> on it. I am going on this trip cannot wait i am begging you if you're listening to this if you can make it work it's the family day weekend nationgear.ca go check out the details come with us to arizona you will not regret partying with the nation not just the staff here that go but everybody that goes on the trips are fantastic everybody that meets us that's already down there so much fun and i want to say thank you again to blue alberta blue cross for helping us make it happen for covering our travel insurance i really want to go to the zoo while we're down there if we could mix that into the trip somehow i think that would be a good experience for all of us the mountain goats there are something else <laughs> mountain goats they literally have like a mountain in the middle of this enclosure where the goats hang out well, okay so first cool. of all you've, cool. you've been to vegas with bm right uh, we have been together if we take bm to a mountain goat zoo really? with a mountain and stuff i have a sneaking suspicion he'll be on the inside in no time well remember when we we were the three of us actually were wandering around vegas and yeah we went when to the, go and see the flamingos and they were gone yeah, that the bird. First of all, you better you better get on the you better start emailing that zoo right now because I, I feel like in. you are no mountain goat. Flute. You're going to be distraught <laughs> if we get there and their goats <laughs> are not goats. there because of the because the birds weren't there for bird flu or something like yeah, that. that, was, that was and crushing. you weren't very happy with it. Well, no, you don't want to be teased. You're going into a place called the Flamingo, and there's no flamingos. <laughs> there's just an empty enclosure with a sign that says "Bird Flu." Bird flu. <laughs> Makes sense. Should, should we be standing here right now? Oh, you guys are you guys are fine. Don't worry. Nationgear.ca. Go get yourself booked in on the trip. Um, I promise you're going to have a great time. I promise you that we are going to have a great time. One more time. We're going to have a great time. Nationgear.ca is where you get the details. We're running long, so unfortunately, I'm going to cut Waz here. <laughs> and we're just going to wrap up the podcast for our friends at Cornerstone Insurance with a little word association, but I made it specifically coaching edition. Ooh. Cornerstone Insurance has been Alberta's premier boutique insurer. They've got everything you need for your life. Insure yourself. Make sure that you're covered. Nation citizens can get a discount. Go to cornerstoneins.ca, cornerstoneins.ca. Gentlemen, I've got five questions for you. All right. These are all coaching related. And of course, we know how word association goes. So I'm going to start with Tyler. Let's do it. First word that comes to your mind, Jay Woodcroft being fired. Sad. Yes. Liam. Uh, disappointing. Rick. Unnecessary. I was I was legitimately stunned. Yeah, stunned is a good one. Next up, reversing the order. Rick, Jay Woodcroft as a coach. Successful. Um, yeah, successful. I can't think of the word, but I, be I believed in him. No drama. I'm going to say, I, th I thought he was lovely. Yeah, he was a lovely man. He didn't throw anyone under the bus. Never got there. 
Waz doesn't know he got cut yet. <laughs> I can hear him outside the door. Let me in. Start in the middle. Starting with Liam. Jay Woodcroft's time in Edmonton. Uh, special. Rick, Jay Woodcroft's time in Edmonton. Too short. Tyler. Successful. I say successful. He leaves here as the winningest coach. Also had a Knobloch. Perfect one for one mm-hmm. as the winningest coach in franchise history. Tyler, Chris Knobloch has the coaching choice. Confusing. Liam. Um, that's a good word for it. I'm not convinced, like, but not on him. Like, I just, I just, do you know that thing from Harry Potter? Is like, how dare you stand where he stood? I've never watched that's that. Right. Uh, that's why I said confusing because yeah, I just don't know how to feel about it. That's where I'm at with Chris Knobloch. And it's not even his fault. Rick. Unnecessary. I'm going to say, I mean, the decision's been made. So my word is patience. Yeah. I have to wait and see. What Hopeful. Them. I believe. Hopeful is a great word too. Reversing the order. Rick, you're up first. Hopes for the Chris Knobloch era. Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Sam. Do it. Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know what? Some stability right now. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's short term. That'll, that'll hit his spot. Little short term. Like last night, again, he did mix up the lines when it was very, very easy to do so. Oilers weren't exactly run and gun against. He set his lines at practice and ran with them. He set his lines at it. So I'm, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm hopeful. Chris Knobloch era has begun. It started with a 4-1 win. Oilers play tomorrow. Yes. Yep. Kraken. I'm going to Back the to the Kraken. Is it tomorrow or Thursday? Tomorrow. tomorrow. 6.30. 6.30 tomorrow. Another Wednesday for that. Game, Tomorrow's a Short Ford Giant Game Day edition of Oilers Nation every day. At Short Ford. Oh, fuck me. Crazy what a stuff day. happening. Then it's Waz's birthday on Thursday. Well, happy birthday, Waz. <laughs> Hopefully you get your gift. We cut your segment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We'll get you next time, buddy. We'll, we'll bring clear- him in on Friday. How's we'll, that? We'll clear it up for you. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Programming note. <laughs> programming Speaking note. Friday. Yeah, our... Uh, we have the game is at one o'clock on Friday. Yeah, next Friday, not this Friday. Next Friday, bad on Black Friday, right? I don't know. Can we confirm? Yeah, it's Black Friday, so yeah, it's not. Sorry, this it's Friday is normal. This, this Friday is normal. normal. Next Friday, Friday is normal edition. Next Friday, we're gonna yes. Be early. Uh, yes, but there's a lot of going stuff going on on Friday because it's a one p.m. game. Yep. So we have pregame with Boardsy, mm-hmm. which I think will be me and Aaron, maybe other people too. Then we have a full watch along for the game. Yep. And then we have after dark. So clearly full schedule. No one every, no ON every day because where would we put it? Quite frankly. <laughs> and then, so ON radio is Thursday, Thursday night. night. Thursday okay. night. Are we going to release it Thursday night? Yep. We'll have to. This there we go. Well, now you told everybody. <laughs> yep. So go subscribe to the Weathers Nation YouTube page. Go click subscribe. Watch all the content that the boys have come for you. There's a lot of good shit yeah. that goes up there. A lot of good stuff. And then... Tuesday is also different, right? Yeah, we're gonna have to mix it up a little bit. We've got uh, we got some visitors coming in from out of town, so that's kind of throwing a wrench in the schedule. Some we'll- corporate stuff got to be handled with. Yep, yep. Business daddies are in town, so we gotta gotta say hello. We gotta say hello. And with that, we're gonna wrap up the Tuesday episode of Oilers Nation Radio. I want to thank Wendy's. I want to thank Greta. I want to thank DoorDash. I want to thank Cornerstone, and I want to thank Alberta Blue Cross. And most importantly, all of you for listening. We'll be back on Friday. Have a great week, everybody.